Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen and you're listening to the Total Need Tips and Pearls podcast. So in today's episode, I'm going to take a little break from some of these classic articles. I still have a few more in the works, um, but I want to talk to you about something that you can listen to this and then just bury it. And honestly, hopefully you never need to use it. Uh, but the reality of the world that we live in is at some point that you may need to use this. And what I'm going to go over is something that sounds silly, um, but I think it's very important is the idea of actually writing orders um, and writing notes the old-fashioned way um, with a pen and a piece of paper. So some of you um, may be aware, but the hospital system that I work in currently is uh, under a cyber attack. I don't have much information, um, so they haven't really come out and told us exactly what happened, was it ransomware, um, you know, how long this is going to be. But in any event, if you have this, and it has happened to multiple hospitals um, throughout the country over time, and sometimes just, you know, what we call a code white, but when your computer systems go down, uh, what I realized is that I'm old. Um, and, you know, I grew up writing orders and writing notes. And for a lot of the uh, younger nurses, younger uh, fellows, younger doctors, hospitalists, for many of them, and probably for most of you that are listening to this podcast, your entire career from medical school on has been electronic. You know, every note and every order has been on a computer, and you haven't had the experience of, of writing these out. So I'm going to go over a bunch of things, and I'm actually going to go over um, a, a great mnemonic on how you write orders. And then I'm also going to go over, you know, basically what I would do for my total joint orders, just so you have this kind of quick cheat sheet background. Obviously, check the doses, check your patients. But I found, you know, a lot of people forgot, like, what are the meds and what are the, the doses of these regular medicines for, like, nausea because I'm so used to clicking a button. So first and foremost, and I'm going to repeat this multiple times, like you've heard before, when I repeat things over and over again, they're very important. You need to date and time all of your orders and all of your notes. That means you have to write the date and the time whether or not you use military time or whether or not you use AM or PM, but you have to time it. Why is this important? Well, I saw this in residency. There was a patient that came in and had um, an issue with their hand. Multiple services were, were consulted, medicine, ER, ID, hand, ortho, infectious disease. And ultimately, the patient wound up having an amputation and wound up suing the institution and when the lawyers went back, it was very difficult to ascertain because a lot of the notes included the date but didn't have the time. So they weren't able to really piece together, you know, was this a worsening of symptoms and who missed it or who caught it and which note was written in what order. So when you write all notes, the computer is not going to auto stamp it. The first thing that you need to do is write the date and the time. The other important thing, you know, what we ran into and recently it's improved because now we have stickers, but there were blank progress notes and blank order sheets. So if you're going to write a note and you're going to write an order, make sure that the patient's name and medical record number is at the top of that progress note or the top of the order. You don't want to write a note or even worse, write an order without a patient name on there. And then somebody accidentally puts that order in someone else's chart, but it's your order and it's your signature and you might do harm to that patient because it went in the wrong chart. So date and time, name and medical record number, or if you don't have medical record number, at least name and date of birth. Okay. So those are sort of the basic things. Um, most of you, you know, know your basic soap notes, you know, and go through your subjective, objective, you know, your assessment, your plan. Those are kind of basic. Um, and for history and physical, obviously take your history, 
take your physical assessment and plan. The other important thing in this kind of error of if you have to write the notes is you can dictate or you have a boilerplate template or a dot phrase of all the risks and benefits. So if you're discussing a particular surgery, you need to write out all risks and benefits were discussed, you know, including but not limited to, and go through the whole laundry list of pain, infection, scar, stiffness, bleeding, blood loss, norovascular injury, venothromboembolic disease, stroke, heart attack, loss of limb, loss of life, hardware complication, malunion, nonunion, delayed union. You know, the list goes on and on and on, but be very thoughtful and thorough of what of those complications you need to add for the particular surgery that you're doing because it needs to be documented. Okay, so the main part of this, though, is um, what I want to talk to you about is orders um, because many of you are used to using order sets and you click buttons. So the mnemonic that I had learned and was always taught was ADC Van Dimmels. Um, and I'm going to go through what all of those mean. And in the show notes, I'm going to write all these things out. So A is the, the letter for admit. You want to put the admission order, you know, inpatient, outpatient, observation, what unit you might want them to go to, med surge or tele, you know, who the doctor is, who the attending is. You know, and if there's other house staff taking care, you know, the fellow or the resident. So that's the A. ADC. D, diagnosis. So what are they there for? Status post, total knee replacement, or a hip fracture. So putting the diagnosis in is going to be important. Include both the injury and the laterality. C, ADC, stands for either condition, end, or code status. So for the most part, condition stable, you know, code status. You want to know, is this patient DNR? Um, is this patient full code? So ADC van, V stands for vitals. And then the van, um, I always had two A's, so both allergies. And again, you don't have the medical record, so you need to talk to the patient. What are your allergies? And what are the symptoms of these drugs that you describe as allergies? Are they really side effects or is it true anaphylaxis? You want to list the allergy and what the symptom is with that medication that they're allergic to. And also activity. You know, are they there for a hip fracture surgery tonight, tomorrow? Are they at bed rest? Do they just have a total knee replacement today? Are they weight-bearing as tolerated? Um, so those are going to be important things. So ADC VAN N stands for nursing. So I's and O's. Is there any wound care issues? Is there a drain? Do they need to empty the drain? Is there incentive spirometry ordered? You know, do you want ice? How frequently? How often? Norovascular checks. How frequently? How often? Those are all important. So ADC VAN Dimmels, D stands for diet, the I stands for intravenous fluids, um, M, and I'm going to go into detail um, after we kind of get through this, but M is for medications, L, labs, so any laboratory tests, and including in there not only blood labs, x-rays, CAT scans, MRIs, ultrasounds, um, and then S is for the sort of special, so Van Dimmels, this would be things like occupational therapy, um, physical therapy, case management, um, so any of these other sort of unique things, nutrition, so things like that. And again, date and time. It, when you sign it, you know, depending on the institution, you know, a lot of times, you know, signatures become sort of a symbol, but, you know, put your, your doctor number, if you have doctor numbers in the hospital, or, you know, sign it and then print your name or put your page, your number, you know, put some designation other than just a signature, but date and time the order. Um, and the next thing, depending on your system, is you got to figure out if you're on paper charts, okay, well, how does the order get flagged? You know, back in the day, we used to have these little dials, you know, and there were different colors for orders, discharge, things like that. You know, you might have to give it to the, the secretary on the unit, and there may be a way to flag the chart, 
or let the nurse know. It's really important, you know, before all of the electronic medical record, you talk to a person. So you find the nurse and say, hey, I'm taking care of so-and-so. This is the order I put here. It's in the chart. So this way, it doesn't sit there for hours, and then nobody knows to look for it because it was folded up in a chart. Now, the most important thing um, is going to be the medication. So after surgery, it's going to be really important if you don't have your um, post-op order sets where you can just click all these boxes and have these auto-saved, is going through and make sure that you're not missing anything. So the important things, things would be like antibiotics. So most commonly, we're using Ansef, a gram Q8. You know, if you're going to do these for 24 hours post-op, also make sure that they're ordered pre-op. You know, do they have a history of MRSA? You know, do you need to add vancomycin? Do they have a severe allergy and true anaphylaxis? Is there some other drug? Or are you treating them for an infection and it's sensitive to a different antibiotic? So make sure that your antibiotics are there and covered. DVT prophylaxis is very common for most of our surgeries, most commonly aspirin, 81 BID, whether or not you use 325. Are they a higher risk patient than normal? Are you using Eliquis or Xarelto? So I'm going to go through, and in these things, I'll kind of list all the the common doses that you might see. Now, scheduled pain medication. So for me, most of my routine total joints, you know, they get a pre-op dose um, prior to surgery, but post-operatively, I have most of my patients on acetaminophen, 1,000 milligrams every eight hours. That's scheduled. Celebrex, typically 200 milligrams BID post-operatively. If they have a sulfa allergy or some reaction, usually I'll use Toradol orally, 10 milligrams Q8. And then in certain patients, and I know the data in the literature, but in certain patients, gabapentin might be added at 100 TID. So those are the scheduled medicines. My breakthrough medicines, my sort of typical standard, and again, sometimes modified based on the patient, we use tramadol 50 milligrams every six hours, PRN, um, and this is for mild pain, and I put on the score from one to five. Oxy-IR, five milligrams every six hours, as needed for moderate pain on that scale, six to nine. Oxy 10 milligrams every six hours as needed for severe pain on that scale 10. Now, you need to be very legible with your handwriting and specifically put in, you know, the route PO, you know, Q6. If you're writing QD, you know, write QDAY um, and make sure that, you know, especially if there's anything with decimal points that is very clearly identified, you don't want a 2.5 milligram pill given at 25 milligrams. Um, and rarely will I put for these routine total joints some IV breakthrough, but typically I'll use like a low dose Dilaudid for severe breakthrough. You always want to think about your friend or colleague that's going to be on call at two o'clock in the morning and you don't want them getting called for something, you know, like Tylenol or these next few things. These are the other. So bowel regimen. So typically I'll use Colace 100 milligrams BID, occasionally milk and magnesium. Um, now that we're not using as much narcotic as we were 10 years ago, we don't worry as much about the severe constipation and patients aren't in the hospital that long, but we used to use Ducalox suppositories and fleets enemas, but you want to make sure that you have something for the patient's bowels. What about itching and pruritus? So I typically use Claritin 10 milligrams daily to be given PRN for itching, um, because it's non-sedating. Occasionally we'll use Benadryl, um, but you want to be cautious, especially with your older patients with Benadryl due to the lethargy. What about nausea? I'll typically use four milligrams IVUQ6 in the hospital, sometimes orally. And then you have to look at, you know, whether or not you're going to use Reglan or something else. And again, I'll kind of put the common doses in the show notes so you have a quick reference for it. Sleeping agents. I typically do not order Ambien and Restoril. 
in the hospital. I make a habit of not ordering it postoperatively. It's highly addictive, and once patients get used to it, they have very difficult time falling asleep without it. And most of our patients, it's not so much difficulty falling asleep, it's difficulty staying asleep, and these don't help, and then they wake up all fuzzy, and I'm sure you've taken care of plenty of patients that took their Ambien, got up to go to the bathroom, fell, and broke their hip. So it's just one of those things I just have always for years not prescribed those both in the hospital and out. Now, don't forget their home medications. Again, you don't have an electronic medical record, so you can't put the patient to sleep and have a patient in recovery and guess what they're on. So you want to have a medical list prior to surgery and be able to talk to the patient and ask, what medication do you take? What is the dose? What is the frequency? So that you can order those postoperatively. You know, you don't want somebody getting called at 2 o'clock in the morning because you forgot to order their Lipitor and the patient's wondering why they didn't get their Lipitor that evening before they went to bed. And then for your diabetics, you know, do you have to order a sliding scale? Do you have to order AccuCheck? So those are all the important sort of home meds. And then at the end of writing all these medications, make sure that you date and time it and sign it and write your name. So all of that information is there. Um, so, you know, again, this is one of those things I think is important. You know, it's kind of funny, I think, a little bit in the sense that this is historical to talk about writing orders with a pen and paper. Um, but it is the world that we live in. And the reality is at some point, you may in your career have an issue where the computers go down or the hospital system gets hacked. Um, and you have to go back to these older ways of doing these things, and you do not want to induce errors. So take the time to write all of these things out. You know, luckily for us, um, I was part of creating these order sets that we used many, many years ago, and then they were subsequently digitized, um, but we still kept those old copies. So for us, a lot of these are these multi-page pre-formatted orders, so they're still checkboxes, um, but not all the meds are there, not all the doses. And as we've kind of added things and changed things, um, we didn't go back and change those protocols from six years ago in the written form because we weren't using them. So knowing those meds and knowing the protocols and being able to change it was an important part of this. So there you go, ADC, Van Dimmel's. I'll write that in the show notes along with the uh, meds. Date and time and sign everything and make sure at the top of the page that the patient's name and medical record number or at least name and date of birth is there. So you don't make the mistake of putting this on someone else's chart and then save this in your favorites just in case you need to come back to it sometime in the future. Again, thanks for listening. If you like what you're hearing um, and you haven't already, please subscribe so you'll get updated of future episodes and let your colleagues know, let your co-residents know um, if you really think that they would benefit from this information. And if there are topics um, that you are interested in hearing that I may not have covered yet, you know, feel free to shoot me a line um, either through my email uh, or on my Twitter feed. You can DM me or just leave a message. Thanks again for listening. I'm Adam Rosen. You've been tuning in to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you'll be notified of future episodes. And please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. Until next time, stay safe.